You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Well, we do have a very special speaker this morning. Uh, someone we're adding to our mix. Uh, one of the one of the some of the most positive feedback I get about our Sunday mornings is the variety of voices that we share uh, through our, our our teaching on Sunday morning. And we're adding another voice to that this morning. Sam Sahuni. Sam is our youth pastor here at Vineyard Church. He's been with us for yes. Give it up for Sam. Sam and uh, his wife, Katie, have been part of our church family now for a little over a year. Uh, It's been a wonderful, wonderful thing having them join us. And Sam's doing an awesome job with leading our youth ministry. Uh, He and Katie are involved in leading a small group, and they also are involved with worship. And they're just an awesome couple. And this morning, Sam's going to come and continue our series of Fresh Reformation this morning. He's going to do that. I also want to give a special welcome to his mom, Mary Jean, is here with us from Illinois. Welcome back, Mary Jean. Good to see you. And uh, we just, uh, Sam, I, I've already heard his message. I, I, uh, I got to hear it this week. It's awesome. I'll let you know. Uh, so if you need to go to the bathroom, hold it. All right. I need to go. If you need to go, Sam, (laughs) then we'll talk. All right. Bless you, buddy. Thank you, Reese. So middle schoolers, um, I asked you all to stay today for a very specific reason. Um, I've been having your parents send in all embarrassing photos that they could find of you this morning, and we'll be putting them on display throughout the, throughout the sermon. So... It's going to be a wild ride. So the message today, the title is From Darkness Into Light. We're continuing in Ephesians 5. But before we jump into that, I want to get started with a quick poll. And it's pretty serious. The stakes are pretty high here. So I think we have a QR code for you guys to scan, which will get you into the poll. And if that QR code doesn't work, you can go to pigeonhole.at and enter that code, 3126 give you a second to get that pulled up. It's a little survey about good versus evil, light versus dark. It's just five questions, and the, it really matters what you, what you reply. Like, this is, this is a big deal. Okay, so think carefully. I know these questions are tough. The first question on there you'll see is Star Wars. Jedi versus Sith. Second one is Matrix. Would you take the red pill and learn an unsettling, life-changing truth, or the blue pill and remain in contented ignorance? Android or iPhone, which would you prefer? Team Edward or Team Jacob? Okay, we got some results coming in here. Wait, wait, August, go back to the first one. I wanna see. All right, so Jedi versus Sith. Jedi, 90%. We got some love for Darth Maul there, maybe 10%. Cool. We got Matrix. What about the Matrix? Mostly red pill. Okay, cool. Some of us choosing the contented ignorance with the blue pill. What about Android versus iPhone, August? Ooh, mostly iPhone. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. Android's making a comeback. People like voting more than once now. (laughs) Oh, hello. Okay. All right. Really personal question here. Team Edward versus Team Jacob. 
This was per Reese's request. He really wanted this one off. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, that's not true. <laughs> I can't laugh into this thing. Okay. Team Edward. I was curious about that one. I'm Team Edward, too. So, and finally, if you guys voted for the Packers, I might have to leave right now. So, let's see. I almost wore my Bears jacket. Okay, I'm taking that personally. I'm going to make this sermon extra long now. So. <laughs> Pictures of you coming up next, Jack. So since always, we've been fascinated by stories of good versus evil, light versus dark. I mean, look at how many TV shows and movies Marvel is turning out these days. I think more than any of us can keep up with. In our scripture today, Paul is playing off of this theme, light versus dark. We live in a really broken world. And thankfully, when we enter into relationship with God, we're brought out of darkness and into the light. However, we still live in a world wrought with darkness. We have a very sinful nature within us. So therefore, to grow in light and push back darkness, we need to practice constant vigilance. Yes, Harry Potter fans, that was a Mad-Eye Moody reference. So let's jump to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. We're going to read the whole thing together here, and then we'll break it down. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated, illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. We ask that you would speak to us, speak through me, Lord. We pray that we'd be drawn into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in our lives. In your name, amen. So today, I want to talk about five important things that we can all do to push out darkness and increase the light in our lives, to practice constant vigilance. So number one, trust God with every area of your life. In my life, I've noticed a really distinct difference between when I'm trusting God with everything versus when I'm only trusting God with some things. Story time. In my college years, 
I'd hit a wall in my relationship with God. I was really pretty angry with him. You see, there was this girl, and things had been going well, until they weren't. God had other plans. But the thing was, the next relationship didn't work out, and then neither did the one after that. So I got pretty fed up with trying to wait for a really, really good relationship. And I decided to cut God out of that part of my life. You ever do that with anything? Like, God, I'll trust you with like all this, but this is like way too personal. It's way too close. I can't, I can't let it go. So that for me was my dating life. I told him, that's going to be mine. I'm going to date who I want to date. So I lived that way for a few years. And the majority of my decisions in my dating life during that time led to a whole lot of brokenness, pain, and emptiness. And I did it pretty much all alone, too. It's probably the worst part because I knew my family and my close friends, they probably wouldn't approve of my decisions at that time. So I really lost my way in the dark. I found myself in situations I couldn't believe I'd wandered into. And again, the worst part, like I was so alone during it because I wasn't sharing that with anybody. Never in my life had I felt such loneliness and despair. But thankfully, God pursues us, even when we're not pursuing him, and he gently brought me back, led me into a journey of redemption and healing, and I learned how to trust God even with my relationships. I think we experience really significant breakthrough when we learn to trust God in new ways. And there's always new situations that we're learning to trust him with. So that's number one. Trust him with everything, to the best of our ability. I think there's, that he has grace with us for the rest. Number two, identify shame and bring everything into the light. Identify shame and bring everything into the light. In verses 11 to 13, I think Paul really sets a tone of urgency for us, that this is something to not take lightly. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Have nothing to do with it, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. I think this is perhaps the toughest part of this passage for us to live out, because it requires so much courage to expose where we've lived in darkness. We all have parts of our lives like we don't want anybody to see or know about, right? So for me in my life, I've seen this work in some incredible ways. Like a lot of people, I've had my fair share of struggles with lust. And this was an area of my life that created great, great shame for me. I knew it was important to confess when I would slip up and look at something that I shouldn't, but I'd often share only half-truths or make things out to be not as bad as, as it really had been. You know, like when you lie about how many cookies you had for dessert, like, oh, it's just, it's just one, when really it was maybe three. 
But the shame voices in my head would win out, telling me that if my wife, Katie, if she really knew how I was doing, if my closest friends really knew how I was doing, they'd get fed up with me and my repeated failures. They'd be too hurt, and it'd be better if she didn't know everything, right? Well, one afternoon, I was on FaceTime with my best friend, and I was talking with him about how I'd been doing with all this when he started sharing with me the newfound freedom that he'd been experiencing with it. So I had to know. I was like, man, what have you been doing differently? What's your secret? What's up? You got to tell me. You know what his answer was? He'd started to tell his wife everything. Every slip up, no matter how small, he'd maintain integrity and confess it and apologize. That takes guts. And I was taken aback. You got to realize, he's describing some of my worst fears here. Because in my head, the story was, if Katie finds out just how bad I am, she's not going to love me the same way. She really knows all of it, right? And yet, he's telling me the exact opposite was true for him, that he'd never felt so free. So you know that feeling you get when you've been confronted with the truth that you can no longer ignore? And so now you have to do something about it? In the Matrix, this was my take the red pill moment. God was showing me a better way to live. And I knew that, so I went for it. Told Katie, I haven't been fully honest, but that's going to change from here on out. And it really did. Guys, it really did change everything. It was not an instant cure. There was a lot of hurt. And there were many, many hard conversations. But I now got to live with a never-before-experienced freedom, knowing that I could share every single part of me. Every single part. Even the really, what I thought were like just too ugly for anybody to know about. And that has allowed me to live with so much freedom and joy that I didn't even know was possible. And this is a freedom and joy that I hope that you all will experience too. I think many of you are already. See, Jesus died for us each to experience this freedom in every area of our lives. Nothing is too big or too messy. He has forgiveness and grace for all of it. And so I, too, think that you'll find that that's the case with the people who love you the most. We all have things we'd rather keep hidden. We have so much wrapped up in shame that says, if anybody ever finds out about that, they're going to turn on you, or they're not going to look at you the same way. When really the opposite is true. If you're sharing something difficult with a truly, truly trustworthy person, you're going to experience so much relief and peace and joy because we brought something that was in darkness into the light and all the lies that, are, that it's wrapped up in get stripped away and we're left with the truth, which we know sets us free. For some of us, this can be more subtle. We may not be living with addiction, but we all have patterns of brokenness that we need to be actively working against. 
when we can muster the courage to get past our shame and bring others into our struggles with us, we're bringing those things out of darkness and into the light. They're visible, they're exposed for what they really are. Our shame loves to tell us, you're bad, you're bad for doing that, you're bad for thinking that, you should feel bad, you are bad, you should never tell anyone about any of that because then they'll know just how bad, ugly, and terrible you really are. That's our shame, boys. And our enemy loves to debilitate us with it. He loves to take us out of the game with shame. The last thing he wants is for us to share it with others. And that's why it so badly wants to keep us in the dark. But it's in the light that the lies get exposed and we get to see the truth. And that's such a freeing experience. So don't leave anything unexposed. Bring it into the light. Number three, always look for opportunities to grow and gain self-awareness. Paul emphasizes in verses 15 through 17 the significance of this. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We've all heard the expression, what you don't know can't hurt you, right? Well, this is for all my blue people, blue, blue pill people, blue people. <laughs> you guys look blue. Um, for all my blue pill people out there who prefer contented ignorance, what you don't know about yourself can hurt you, has hurt you, will hurt you a lot. So we need to do as Paul says and pursue wisdom and take every opportunity that we can to grow and understand the Lord's will for us. We do this in a number of ways, many, many ways, and it can look a lot differently for each of us. But for me, the areas that always lead me in growth are when I prioritize prayer, reading my Bible, spending time in community, spending time in small group, exercising regularly, reading books and listening to podcasts to learn more about God and more about myself, pursuing counseling and therapy, meeting with a spiritual director, meeting with a mentor or coach. Take every opportunity to grow, to gain self-awareness. The days are evil. And so we need to press into what God has for us in this life. Number four, consume only what is good and edifying for you. In verse 18, Paul tells us to not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I don't think Paul is just saying don't get drunk. He is saying that. But I think he's using that as an obvious analogy, suggesting we should really be careful about what we are consuming. Yeah? We live in a society where the possibilities are endless of what we can fill ourselves with. But a whole lot of it is not any good for us. 
So he's saying, be careful what you fill yourself with. There's a lot out there that we can consume, but the only thing that's gonna help you be your best authentic self in accordance with God's will for your life is his Holy Spirit. So he says, don't get drunk. Fill yourself instead with my spirit. So how do we do that? How do we know if what we're filling ourselves is leading us into a spirit-led life, into more of his Holy Spirit? Well, does it lead you into love? Does it lead you into joy? Does it lead you into peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? The fruits of the Spirit, right? Or just watching that show on Netflix or scrolling through Instagram actually maybe bring you more turmoil instead of peace. Maybe more lust rather than self-control. Love to invite the band up to lead us in some more worship in a bit. Number five, live a life filled with worship and gratitude. We're going to get to put this into practice in a moment. Verse 19 and 20, Paul says, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We live by his spirit, by speaking of his praises with one another, by gathering together and singing songs of worship, living in celebration and gratitude of what Jesus has done and how he's active and alive in our lives in every moment. Brene Brown is a really incredible social researcher. If you haven't read or listened to any of her stuff, do yourself a favor, check it out. Renee Brown, her research shows that gratitude is the key to unlocking joy in our lives. And what better way to live into the light and the life that Jesus has for us than accessing greater joy? So if we want to live into the light, we can push back the darkness by practicing gratitude. One of the stories I love to tell is how Katie and I actually got together, how we started dating. So we met on a campus ministry retreat that both of our schools went to. But then when we went back to Chicago, we kept bumping into each other at these praise and worship nights that some of our friends were hosting at their house, just because they wanted to pray and worship together. And each of us individually thought, hey, that sounds cool. We didn't really know each other at this point. We didn't even know. But we both wanted to make that a priority. To live lives of worship and gratitude of what God has been doing in our lives. We knew the significance that, hey, we do live in a pretty broken world and we can be pretty broken and messed up ourselves. And so we need to show up regularly and be praising God for all the amazing things that he's doing. And then that led to us dating because we kept being in the same place at the same time. And it's so amazing to see how God has blessed that all these years later. But that's five ways we can practice constant vigilance and grow into the light and life that Jesus offers us. 
We can trust God with every area of our life. We can identify shame and bring everything into the light. We can always look for opportunities to grow and gain self-awareness. Be careful about what we consume, only consuming what is good and edifying for us, and live lives filled with worship and gratitude. It is in no way an exhaustive or perfect list, but I think each of these things holds an invitation for us to grow. So I'm going to pray, and as I pray, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where are you inviting me into greater life this morning? So pray with me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. Reveal to us where we've maybe even unknowingly allowed the darkness a foothold in our lives. And Holy Spirit, shine new light into our lives. Help us to surrender to you everything, to trust you completely and wholeheartedly. Give us courage to be vulnerable, to expose our shame. And help us to live lives focused on gratitude, for your unending and infinite goodness, Father. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.